Okay, let's get started with Parshas Noach, Tavshin Ayin Dalid, as we start, really, uh, the new cycle for this year, um, <coughs> our sixth year of Parsha Shiurim, and we will start, mostly this week will be on the second half of the Parsha, uh, not focus so much on the Mabel itself, uh, not focus so much on Noach's personality, as we have spoken in past years, one of the most enigmatic figures in all of the Torah, there aren't... Uh, too many other people that have such extreme views, opposite views about him. Usually somebody is a tzaddik or a rasha, not gnai or shvach, not, not opposites. But here in Parshas Noach we have uh, different views. And we'll start with Paraches, Paraches and Paraches and Parakyur. That'll be our focus for uh, this evening. We'll start off with a story, beginning of Paraches, Pasuk Aleph. After the Mabo, after the waters have, have grown, Vayizkar Elohim es Noach, Hashem remembers Noah and the animals. Hashem remembers the animals. They were with him in the Teva. What does it mean he remembered the animals? He remembered these are the ones that stayed with their type. And this is the start of the receding of the waters. So there's a story quoted in the Pini Torah. We'll get to the story that I want to focus on. But first he quotes, What do you see from this Pasuk? Hashem remember the animals. The animals also deserve remembering. The Rachmanis that a person has to have is not only, of course it's on people, of course it's on our fellow Jews, fellow people, and every person is Selim Elohim, but even on the animals. Kefish Hakadosh Baruch Hu Zacher, like Hakadosh Baruch Hu remembered Kaviyachol. Lo rak is Noach, elagam is kol achayav abehema. And he quotes the story from the from the Gemara about Rebbe of Yehuda Hanasi. Shabo alav Yisurim and Hashemayim. We can't fathom the level that Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi was on. But there's even a story told that Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi had Yisurin. Why? Because there was a little calf that came running to him right before it was shechted, and Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi said to him, "Leave." You're, you're here to, to, to be shechted. Oben l'shchita. And on the level that he was on, he was taken to task for that. Through that action, a lack of rachmanus, a little lack of rachmanus on, on the animal. But I want to focus on line 16, the story of the Chosami Lublin, where the story is told that one time it was Tkia Shofer, Ne'esaf Kahal Rab of Midrasho. The whole gathering... They were about to blow shofar. He went out. Maybe he went to the mikvah before shofar. And he's ready. He's staying in the room next to his base medrash. He's doing all the sachanis for tzikia shofar. And he turns to one of his, his close disciples and says, Check if Reb David is here yet. Check if Reb David is here yet. Which Reb David? Reb David, Milolov, Nimsab base medrash. Is he here? And... He said he wasn't here yet. He said, go find him. Go find Rav David. I'm not starting to blow shofar until Rav David comes to the base manager. Right? There's a story about the, like this about almost every one of the tzaddikim. Rav Levi Yitzchak has a story like this and others. So this one is about the Chosami Lublin. I can't start to kiss shofar without, without Rav David. Finally, they looked all around Lublin, they, they searched for him, and after a couple of minutes, they find, Rehoboth, Rehoboth, Nitzav, Liyad, Susim. 
They find him next to the horses. And he's giving them barley. As we know, barley is animal food. You know, the carbon omer is from barley. Carbon the shtei is from chitim. But it's known as animal food. All the, the horse drivers, all the people who had animals weren't around today. They were busy in shul. Nobody fed the animals. And Reb David says, I'll be a little late to Kiyos. I know you only have to have 30 anyway. So if I miss the first couple, okay, but I have to feed these animals. They all went to hear to Kiyos Shofar. They asked him, what are you doing here? He says, what, only with, with uh, people? You have to be nice? We have to have Rachmanas on every creation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Gemara talks about Tsar Balechayim. That's one of the sources for Tsar Balechayim. What did these animals do wrong? Ma Hashem Ashmos, Brios Aluvos Elu, Shabalein Ozbos Nafsham. And therefore I had to feed these animals. They said, okay, can you please finish? Because the Chose is waiting for you. He comes to the base Medrash and the Chose says, he had vision. He knew what Reb David was doing. He said, "I had this is that was your hachana for Tikiya Shofar. You can't have better hachana than that." The entire angelic orchestra. The palace of Malachim in Shemayim came down to see the chesed of Rachmanis that you were doing. You thought of these horses that nobody else thought of because they were busy running to Shul on Rosh Hashanah worrying about themselves. And you were even, wor- even worrying about these animals. David, All the prosecutors in Shemayim that were going to prosecute against Klal Yisrael with your act of chesed, you quieted them you made them all not be able to say anything. And then the Chosa turns to his base Spanish and says, now we know what we have to learn. Aleichem Ladas, line 36. We don't realize, we can't even fathom the amount of ra'ash, the amazing effects that one little act of chesed in this world has in Shemayim. He acted to the animals, and it was unbelievable. If we act to a fellow, a fellow person, if we act to a fellow Jew, and we do everything that is incumbent upon us, nobody knows about it. Nobody has to know about it, but in Shemayim they know about it. The little acts of chesed that we do for each other, that keeps the world going, and that was why the Chose waited by Rosh Hashanah. We have to make sure that we utilize every chance, every possibility of chesed that comes our way and fulfill it to the best of our abilities. Okay, moving right along. A part of the story that we haven't really focused on in the past. So the Ma'ayanos Hatahom start getting closed up. And the rain stops. The rain stopped. As we know, there was a lot of water that had to recede. It takes another 150 days for the water to recede. The Teva rests finally. The 17th day of the 7th month. Rashi quotes, which was the 7th month. Did we start in Nisan? Did we start in Tishrei? 
And finally, at the end of the 40 days, the Rishonim try to figure out, are the 40 part of the 150? Are they after? All the different mathematical calculations. Noah opens the window. He opens the window. He sends out the raven. It goes back and forth. Goes out, comes back. The raven. And that's it. Doesn't say anything else happened to the raven. And he says, okay, I'll try another bird. Was something wrong with what the raven did? So a lot of the Midrashim talk about the symbolism of the Oreb, but he automatically goes to another bird. He sends out the Yona, the dove, to see if the Yona comes back. He sends it out again. And finally, an olive leaf. A leaf of an olive tree was ripped off in her mouth. Vayeda Noach, and that proved to Noach, Kikalu that the water has receded enough, and I'm only going to wait a little bit more till I open the doors. Classic Ramban. Pshuto Mikra. How did the dove, having the leaf in the mouth, how did that prove that the water had receded? Let's read a Ramban. The Rabban discusses a couple of options that we have. Just Pashup Shah of the text. From this Pasik, Yerah, from the Pasha of the Pasik, what does it appear? If we understand the Mabal, without reading this Pasik, we would have said everything what does Rashi even say? Some of the ground was was washed away. There were no trees left. There was the, the mud. We 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 the, we learned we lost surface area of the earth. So what happened when the, he comes back with a leaf? No trees have grown since the rain stopped. So Pashtus of the of the Torah of the story is that the trees weren't uprooted during the Mabel, right? Because how was there a leaf of an olive tree? It wasn't floating in the water. That wouldn't have proven anything. So the Pashtus of the story is a new insight that we didn't know before. The trees were not uprooted by the mabo. I was boiling water. I, everything died. No, trees weren't. Pashas. How else do you have a, have a leaf of an olive tree? They weren't uprooted. There wasn't a river that was flowing down. The whole world was full of water, but it wasn't, wasn't going back and forth. It wasn't rushing. It was just, the guy kept getting higher and higher. So it wasn't rough, so the trees were able to survive under the water. That's the Pashup Shah, says the Ramban. Aval Bibrashis Rabbah. But the Medrash obviously is bothered by this. And the Medrash says, Amrumeikhanavioso. The Medrash has two different shots in. Where did this leaf come from? Rebi Levi Omar. Where where would an olive leaf come from? Harazasim. Mehara Mishra. Hevioso. It came from Harazesim. Delotafas Ara de Yisrael Bemaidamabula. Says the first day of the Medrash, the Mabel did not go into Eretz Yisrael. Unbelievable day. It was in the entire world, but not in Eretz Yisrael. Who? Shakarish Barhu Amarli Yechaskel, that's what Hashem told Yechaskel Ben Adam, Amarlo, as Eretz Lomutu Arahilo Gushama Biom Zam. It wasn't Gusham. 
It wasn't rainy. Eretz Yisrael. First day. Rebbe Biri, obviously, the Medrash is bothered. What do you mean there were trees? There were no trees in the marble. Right? They were uprooted. Ah, it came from Eretz Yisrael. It came from Ariz Asim. Rebbe Biri Amar, Niftechula Shari Ganeiden. Vehevioso. Ganeiden, that's not, Ganeiden is not in Eretz Yisrael. It's somewhere on earth, according to most we've shown him, but it's not in Eretz Yisrael. So they brought it from Ganeiden. Two days in the Medrash. Delo Kipshuto. Says the Ramban, though, let me explain. Vihine, Kavana Sam, they believe, these views in the Medrash believe, where the Mabel was, they were up, of course they were uprooted. How could a tree last on the water for so long? And, and, with, and it was rough waters. It wasn't calm. The Everything was destroyed. The whole earth lost surface area, as we said. Says the Ramban. So they must have believed that everything was uprooted, and that's why you had to say it came from Eretz Yisrael or Gan Eden. But I still have a question, says the Ramban. How did it not go into Eretz Yisrael? Says the Ramban. Let me tell you an insight into what this means. What does it mean it wasn't in Eretz Yisrael? It doesn't mean that there was no water in Eretz Yisrael. That's not what it meant. It just means it didn't rain in Eretz Yisrael. The entire world, it rained down, but not in Eretz Yisrael. That's the Pasuk in Yechezkel. And the, and the underground uh, fountains and the above ground, it didn't rain. But, what, the Ramban says, what, the water, what kept the water out of Eretz Yisrael? What, in Jordan it was there? In Syria it was there? It just didn't come into Eretz Yisrael. How? Okay, you can say, oh, miracle. You can say that. Hashem put up an invisible uh, a protective field. You could say that the Rabban does not, would rather not say that. The Rabban would say, you know what the day of the Medrash means? It didn't rain in Eretz Yisrael. So it wasn't as ferocious. It wasn't torrential in Eretz Yisrael. And that's why there were trees there. Everywhere else, it rained down. And that's why the trees were also uprooted. Eretz Yisrael, the, it flooded. But it wasn't raining there. And that's how the trees were able to survive. Though everything was underwater. Here's the line. Come on, says the Ramban. Where do we... It doesn't say that in the Medrash. The Medrash probably would say that if that was a miracle. Hashem made the water not go in. No, it says there was no marble there. That just means it didn't rain there. And it's even in the Furish Medrash. In Perkei Drebel Eretz Yisrael lo yarad aleha meimabu min hashamayim ela shenizgalgulu hamayim min haaratzos v'nichnesu l'tocha shenemar ben adam amarla. That is the first day of the medrash. That's Rabbi Levi. Ladas Rabbi Levi, as we just said outside, mepnei shalo yarad ba'aretz ahi ageshem hashotef because the torrential downpours weren't there. V'lo niftechu ala rubos hashamayim nishiru ba ha'ilanos. Right, the trees were there. Right, there's difference effect between if there's a ferocious storm in a certain area versus a place just getting flooded. There's different types of damage. Right, it's it's uh, you know it's almost almost a year since uh, many of Achin and Yisrael were affected by Hurricane Sandy. Right, there's there's different to the downpours and the flooding. 
different types of damage. Says the Rabban, but that's the shot of the of the first view of the of the Medrash. And he just leaves the second view, but Sarah Ian. I'm listening the second one that says, Oh, it came from Ganeden? Im Kane, if it came from Ganeden, then how did that prove to Noah anything? That the rest of the world, the Ganeden, let's say, okay, Ganeden is somewhere, some a special place, maybe that didn't even go there the water. But how did that prove if the leaf came from Ganeden that the water had subsided in the rest of the world? What the gates were closed while there was water outside. So if you got the tree, the leaf, the gates must have been open so the water wasn't there in the rest of the world. Says the Rabban, it's a little difficult to understand. But either way, the Rabban tells us three opinions. One, Pshuto Shal Mikra, and two, Midrashik. What exactly, where did the leaf come from? Did it come from just a regular olive tree? The Pashtus, and then you have to say that the trees were not uprooted in the Mabo. Did it come from Eretz Yisrael? And you have to say, says the Rabban, I don't think there was a magical protective shield around Eretz Yisrael. It must be the water went in there, just the, it didn't rain in there, so the trees were able to survive. That's the difference. Oh, number three came from Ganeidan. And if that happened, I don't exactly know why. That was a proof to Noah that the water had subsided in the rest of the world. Okay. But now let's focus on the second part. The second part, Rashi. Why an olive tree? Out of all the trees, why was that the, why was that the tree that was picked? Hashgacha had it. Says Rashi, quoting Chazal, Teref, Chatuf, Umedrish, Agada, Lashon, Mazon, Vidarshu, Bethiha, Lashon, Ma'amar. Amra, what did the Yonah say? Yiyu, Mizono, Sai, Mororan, Kezayas. I'd rather my Mizonos be as bitter like an olive. I'd rather get my food directly from God. Even if it's a little bitter, and not get your sweet meals. I'd rather get food directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu than to get sweet meals from you. Right? Direct Hashkacha versus indirect Hashkacha. That's what the uh, the owner is telling Noah. Not for now. Some of the Mepharshim ask. That's a, that's a pretty uh, ingracious Noah took care of this bird for a year. And he comes back and says, Oh, what I had with you was pretty pretty lousy. I'm much happier where I am. Don't know how to understand it, but it's somewhat strange that the Yonah is coming back and saying this. Says the Klayakar, the Yonah didn't say a word. Yonas don't talk. The Yonah didn't tell Noah that, you know, your second fiddle. Says the Klayakar in source number three, Shlomo Ephraim Lenchitz, the great chief rabbi of Prague, Umash Apirish Rashi, Amra Hayona Yumazona Simurum Kazayas, Aina Pirisha Amra Kach Bafiha. The Yona didn't say this. Ki Hayona Lobalas Dvarami Mitmoshul Shom. The Yona, it doesn't say here, Vayifta Hashem is Pi Hayona, like it says in Parsha's Balak. It doesn't say that here. Elash Anumivinim. We understand why did Hashem have it? Why did Ashkacha have it that he Tafka picked this leaf? Masha Anu Mevinim, Imasha Heviyala Ma'achala, Ale Zayas, Ma'achal Marmaod, Vichilo Yada Hayona Sheishla Aruchos Tamil Shokhanos Onot Rayon Biyomo. 
Yonah, the Yonah knows that he's had, he's had three meals a day in the Teva. What's he bringing anything back for? There was some type of message that Noach was trying to understand from the actions of the Yonah. Because everything in life is meant to teach us something. It's meant to stir up some... What is the Kaddish Baruch trying to tell me here? So, the Yonah's action stirred up something in Noach's mind to get him to think, but it wasn't that the animal was actually talking. We didn't get to have a shear last week, Sukkis, and we had a shear on Sipchas Yantif. We didn't get to talk about Bracious, so this is just to be Yotze Zayin, our, our uh, shear on Bracious. I gave you the Abarbanel in source number four. Discussed this uh, last Shabbos, actually, in Shul. The Abarbanel deals with the problem, and he has a very similar suggestion to what the Clay Yucker says here in this week's Parsha. The problem is, the Pasuk says, In last week's Parsha, the Nachash was Arum. He was slyer than every other animal. And the Shiloh is, the Abarbanel asks, and another asks it, did the Nachash have Das? Did the Nachash have special intellect? Because if it did, so then why wasn't there a special stage of creation for the Nachash? After all, every stage of creation, as you go up the pyramid, has a separate stage. Animals were before people. It should be animals, Nachash, people. Well, the Nachash was equal to people. You didn't need that stage. And if you say that the Nachash did not have Das, so then, what does it mean by Nachash Haya Arum? He called He wasn't Arum. He didn't have Das. What? It was like a Malach speaking in his mouth. Because Baruch Hu was, was testing him. It doesn't say, Vayiftach Hashem is Piha Nachash. So that is a major problem that is dealt with by the Rishonim. The Radak, there in Bracious, and other Rishonim deal with, what is the Pshat of the Nachash? How do we understand that story? The Chizkuni, we saw last Shabbos, amazing, said, oh, the Nachash just coincidentally happened to eat from the eight Hadas. It just so happened. And all of a sudden, he got that. That's why it doesn't say Hashem opened it. It happened naturally. He ate from the Tree of Knowledge. That's how he got Das. He wasn't Mitzvah Natu. He wasn't punished for eating from the Eitz Hadas. He was punished for convincing other Bechavati from the Eitz Hadas. Okay. Various different uh, fantastic and intriguing Pshatim. Says the Abarbanel. Says the Abarbanel. My opinion is, line 16, Lachain daiti be'inyan hanachash, v'tochan ha'sipur hazeh. Remember the structure of the Abarbanel. The Abarbanel has 25 questions in every section of the parsha, and then gives one fell swoop, one shot to the story, and says, and this answers question 14, and this answers question 12, and he goes, and answers all the questions with his one yisod after asking all the questions. So I didn't give you the questions here, I just gave you the answer. Let me explain to you what exactly is going on here in the story with the Nachash. Shades of the Klayakar in our parsha. The Nachash didn't say a word to the Isha. Remember, she's not called Chava until after this story. Now she's Isha. Veloa Isha, a love, and the woman, Isha, didn't talk to him. Kilo Ishtvarimhu. Right, quoting the Pasik from Shmos. Right, he's not a man of words, the Nachash. Vilazelo Amar Akasuv Bi'inyano. Vayiftach Hashem is Pia Nachash. Kamosha Amar Ba'aton Bilam. It doesn't say that, that Hashem opened up the mouth. 
Shesham over there by the atone, by the donkey, Ba'avur Shahaya Dibor Ha'ason Kipshuto, the donkey actually talked there. And that's why it says Hashem opened up his mouth. V'yadderach Pele Ne'emah Nomar V'yiftach Hashem Is Piyason. It doesn't say that by the Nachash. Lefi shelodiber klal lo bederach teva v'lo bederach neis. The Nachash didn't say a word. Okay, so what happened? Sounds that way. Aval haya ha'inyan. It was all in her mind. Shehira saw as Nachash shehaya ola be'etzadas. She saw the Nachash slithering up the tree on the etzadas. No other animals, you know, could get up there. Let's say the fruit were high up. There was other animals. I don't know, maybe a monkey. But he actually happened to see the, the snake. And he saw the nachash, he saw the nachash eating the fruit over and over again. And nothing happened to the nachash. Then then, so the Isha starts thinking to herself that the actions of the nachash are talking to me. Just like Noah realized that the raven was taught, the the oh, the Yonah was talking. It was as if. Sometimes we say, you know, that that hamburger has my name on it, right? It's like we we use that type of version also. It's like that that that's got my name on it. It's talking to me. That ice cream is talking to me, right? What does that mean? It means that I have projected my rutzon onto that inanimate item. So the Chava sees, sees the snake eating. It's as if the Nachash is saying to her, nothing's going to happen. Look, I'm doing it. Don't worry about it. I'm touching it. And she convinced herself that this is what happened. The only problem with this is, this shot is, so why was the Nachash punished? If it wasn't the Nachash didn't say a word, why was the Nachash punished? So if you look at the end, we mentioned this also last Shabbos, Chazal picked up on this. It fits in beautifully to the Abarbanel's pshat. Hashem goes over to Isha and says, why did you do this? And the Isha says it was his fault. And Hashem goes over to Adam and says, why did you, I'm sorry, let's start again. He goes over to Adam, why'd you do this? It says it was her fault. Goes over to Isha, why'd you do this? Isha says it was the Nachash's fault. Hashem doesn't ask the Nachash anything. And that's where Chazal learned out that we don't ask Eimorachim uh, and Alamesis. Right? We learn Halachas from there. But according to that, Barbanel, it makes perfect sense. We didn't ask the Nachash anything because the Nachash didn't say anything. Why'd you do this? The Nachash was just acting. Why did the Nachash have to get punished? It's similar to the Halach of the Gamashari Sakel. If an animal brings such tragedy to a human being, the animal must be removed. The zecher to this, of this tragedy, that's why the nachas was punished. Not so much as a punishment, but as a removal. Because this is what happened through the actions of the nachash. But that abarbanel on the nachash story is similar to the klayakar on our Yonah story. Again, feel free to look more at the abarbanel. And you can say it was all a test. The chul. We continue now. Continuing the psukim. That's that uh, Barbanel and Clay Yucker to take home. The end of Paraches. Hashem tells Noah, Save in a teva. As if he needed a command. Sounds like he did need a command. Go out of the teva. You and your wife. The chulu. Everybody goes out. 
They all go out of the Teva. Noach builds a Mizbeach. Everything starts out well before he planted the vineyard. Starts out well. Even Noach Mizbeach Hashem, and he takes from all the animals. Hashem smells the Reach and Yichoach. Hashem Hashem says to himself, I'm never going to do this again. I'm not going to do this again. The rest of history. There will always be days and seasons and nights. Zera v'katsir v'kar v'chom v'kaitz v'chor v'yom v'layla lo yishbosu. All of the the sequence of days and nights and seasons will never cease. That's what Hashem promises. That's the pasuk. Perachaf perak ches pasuk chavbeis. Chazal in Sanhedrin Dachnun Ches. Look in source number five. Chazal darshan a halacha from this pasuk, from the halacha of yom v'layla lo yishbosu. Yishbosu has the word Shabbos in it. You know what you learn from this Pasuk? A non-Jew is not allowed to keep Shabbos. Akum sheshavas chayiv misa. Based on this Pasuk. Yom v'layla lo yishbosu. What does that have to do with anything? How do you learn that halacha from this Pasuk? Says Rashi there in Sanhedrin. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenevsky quotes it. The kadarish le lo yishbosu mi malacha da'abnei adam namikoi. Don't stop doing Malacha. We're talking about Noach. Noach wasn't Jewish. Right? So, Abnei Noach, Abnei Adam. Don't, Lo Yishmosu. Don't stop. Don't rest. Only Jews have a mitzvah to rest. And non Jews are not allowed to keep Shabbos. Okay, so Rashi figures it out exactly how you get it from this Pesukim. The question is, though, content-wise, what does this Pesukim have to do with Shabbos? And what does it have to do with Jews not keeping, Jews keeping Shabbos and non Jews not keeping Shabbos? Rashi explained how you get it out of the word. But is there anything in terms of the tochen? Is there anything about this pasuk that can that can teach me that can that can hint to me where Chazal got this from in the pasuk? Says an amazing Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Says Rabbi Yaakov right here in source number five. Avonira, and this is his own idea. Doesn't quote this from Midrashim. The Be'emes, line ten. Kavanas Hagamarehi. The Gemara is going to the to the depth of the pshat of this pasuk. Dekan gila lanu Hashem yisbarach. Hashem is telling us shahan hagas haolam tia baofen acher la acher hamabul mimasha haisa kodem hamabul. It's not explicit in the Torah, but says Rabbi Yaakov, it's implicit, and this is what I think. There was a totally different type of hashgacha. Hashem's revealing himself in the world was totally different pre and post mabel. Totally different worlds. Dekodem hamabel says Rabbi Yaakov. Hashem was involved in the world in the following way. However, we don't understand it. But Rabbi Yaakov says before the Mabel, the world was a different place, there was full clarity that there was a creator in the world. You looked around and you recognized there was, there was deeper, clearer hashkachas Hashem that you opened your eyes and you saw that there's a, there was, not just that there is, there was a Borei Olam. That's what happened in the first generations before the Mabal. There wasn't what we call nature before the Mabal. There wasn't everything set 
Yes, there, obviously there was yom and laila generally, and there were some laws for Misa Bracious, but Rabbi Yaakov says maybe it wasn't fixed always. And therefore, there was always divine involvement that made it clear that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was the Bori Olam and continues to be the Bori Olam. There wasn't Mother Nature yet. There was just the Father of the Mother Nature. That was pre-Mabal. You know what our Pasuk is telling us? That's not the way it's going to be from now on. From now on, I create the world, but now I'm going to set it to a certain natural order. I'm always going to be involved, obviously, but you're not going to be able to see me. I'm going to be metitz ben acharakim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. V'ilo achshav, ba'a haftachas Hashem Yisbarach, ki me'atatiyah hanhagas ha'olam, ki ilu, ha'olam ukadmo benitzchi. If I don't want to believe in a creator right now, it's very easy. Prove it to me. Prove to me there's a creator. I look around, okay, the world exists now. Who says it's not? it wasn't always here? Who says the world wasn't always around? Chlomar. Hashem post Mabel has the world on autopilot. Quotes. Chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom. It's not on autopilot. But as if it looks like it's on autopilot. That's what this Pasuk means. Yom v'layla kor v'chom lo yishbosu. This is how the world is going to... Why he did this, we'll have to talk about it in a minute. But that's the chart of the Pasuk. That's step one. We didn't get to the answer yet. That's step one. Pre and post Mabel, different Ofanos, Ofanim of Hanhaga of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. L'chena, zera v'katir, korva, yom alayah lo yishbosu, eli yisnagu, l'fiseida shenikva merosh, ki'ilu, eim lo'olam ashkiach. That's Yisoh number one. Step number one. Step number two. Continues Rabbi Yaakov, turning the page now. Am Yisrael has a chiv to believe in my sabratius. I think, says Rabbi Yaakov, and I've proved it elsewhere, he doesn't bring his proofs here, that Umos Ha'olam, one of the Sheva Mitzvahs, is Avodah Zarah. They only have to believe that there is a God. They don't have to believe in every detail of creation. That's Rabbi Yaakov. That's the answer already. We'll get back to that. They have to believe in one God. They don't have to believe about what happened 5,774 years ago. They have to believe about what's happening now, today. Because after all, says Rabbi Yaakov, you have you have a, a big danger. To habeemes hadinu, as the Mishnah says in Chagiga, aser lo ladim l'stakav b'melafim malachar. Trying to figure out my sabrachus is a dangerous a dangerous study because there's a lot we can't understand that we'll never understand, and it might lead people like the Mar talks about the arba shenitlu sulapardes. These are dangerous ideas that we're not supposed to focus on so much. Am Yisrael, we don't have a choice. Because we're mitzuvet to believe in it. And therefore, we have to focus on my sabratius. Rock b'nei Yisrael shekiblu as a Torah, shenemer b'abratius bar lokim as remaim as aretz, tov avo yesh meayin, heimichu yavim lahamish olamino kadzmon, elamachudesh ayidei borei. But non-Jews, akum, they're not nitztave and emuna, so therefore it's better for them not to focus on it. And that's why there's no Shabbos. Says Rabbi Yaakov, 
Step number one, there's a different hashkacha before and after. Step number two, Am Yisrael, because we received the Torah, we have a chiv to believe in my separations, while non-Jews do not. They just have to believe in the mashkiach now. Step number three, Shabbos is edus of what was. We focus on earlier, and we have that chiv, but non-Jews do not. And therefore, that's the connection to this pasuk. <coughs> they shouldn't focus on it. Now there are rules. Now you can't tell. You can find hashkacha presently, but how does that prove earlier? You want to become Jewish? That's fine. Then you'll have the mitzvah. But other than that, that's Rabbi Yaakov. He just leaves one question unanswered. And that's what's discussed in the footnotes. There are Rabbi Nustad. Rabbi Yaakov's grandson is the one that put out the Emesli Yaakov. So he writes there, he says, But he never explained why Hashem decided. Is there a pshat? Can we know why Hashem decided to change the Ofan Hanhaga after the Mabel? Wouldn't it be easier for us to see the divinity, see divine, you know, uh, see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's uh, hand, the Borei Olam every day? Why did he switch it? So he says it appears It was one of the tikkunim because what were the sins we know they all did a lot of averus one of the major sins the dar enosha as we know the end of last week's parsha. Avodah the Rambam describes at the beginning of Hilchah Avodah Zarah, how did Avodah Zarah start? They started thinking about these issues. The sun, oh, who's in charge of the sun? Oh, the moon. Who's in charge of the moon? Oh, it's the sun again. Oh, Avram Avinu was able to figure out there's somebody above both of them. But that's what led to disaster. Trying to figure out how this works. Let's read it. The Rambam writes in Hilchot Originally, he said, "Well, since Hashem created the sun, and the sun is His servant, so we should give them covid." Everything was focused on because they were focusing on my sabracious and what's beyond and what's above. Hakadosh Baruch says, "You know what? I'm going to make it simple. Mother Nature, this is how it works. Just focus on what's in front of you." Don't focus on what's beyond ma'alifnim, ma'la'achar, as the mission says in the Chagiga. And maybe that's why Kodesh Baruch Hu thought that it would be better. It didn't really work. It didn't work, right? Dar they were all over the Avodah Zara. But Kodesh Baruch Hu thought, Kaviyachal, maybe it, they would have a greater chance with their Bechir to to be able to conquer the Taiva for Avodah Zara in a different world. Okay. Moving right along. Parakhtes. Pasachaf. Perak test now, we're in Pasach, uh, towards the end. Again, we've had a number of special thoughts tonight. The Abarbanel, this Rabbi Yaakov about the Yisod Gadol, the difference in, in uh, Hashgacha pre and post. And now we talk about Noah himself, which we haven't spoken about, except for this thought this year. Noah himself, Noah gets out of the Teva, after the Mizbeach, which was fine, and now, after the rainbow, he plants a vineyard. After Shishi, he comes out of the out of the teva shem cham and yafes shlosh elav de noach me'elan apsak kal haaretz vayachel noach ish adama vayitakarem vayachel is a hard word hard word to translate. What does vayachel mean? 
what, what, what's the, how do you translate it? What's the Pashup Shat? If you look at Unkalis Vayachel, Vishare Noach Gvar Palach Ba'ara, Unitziv Karma. He rested. Rashi, according to Medrash, Asa Atzmo Chulin. Vayachel means not Kodesh. Right? Profane. That's Vayachel. Noach profaned himself and became a man of the ground. Not just of the ground. Vineyard. Vineyard leads to wine. Leads to getting drunk. Says the Medrash. If you look in source number 8 in the Osiris HaTorah. The Medrash contrasts Noach to Moshe. The Medrash contrasts Noach to a lot of people. Noach to Avraham, Noach to Moshe. But the Medrash says, amazing, Moshe started off as an Ish Mitzri by Benoz Yisrael and ended up Ish Elokim in Zos Avracha. Noach starts out as Noach Ish Tzadik and ends up as an Ish Adama. What happened? How were the two... uh, trajectories of Avram, of Moshe's life and Noah's life. What was the difference? What happened? Isha Dama. Line 6. And you think about it, how did Noah do this? Noah saw Nisim Gluyim. He saw the entire world be overturned. The Mabo, a whole year, the animals, the food didn't spoil. He had enough food. There were Nisan that took place on the Teva every single day. The animals got along with each other. He saw what happens to people who don't follow Hashem's words. If we were on the Teva and we would go out, wouldn't we be the most unbelievable Evan Hashem? Hashem, you're unbelievable. Miraculous. And yet it's the opposite. He fell down. Explains the Otra Zatar. Nira Lavar line 11. Noach wasn't like the Avos. And again, we're not taking Noach to task here. We're not saying that we would have been better than Noach. We're just comparing it to the Avos, and we're just learning what we can learn from the story. Why? What the Avos do? Sheratzu lefanav kisusim laasos ritzono. The Avos would run like horses in front of Hashem. What does that mean? Run like horses? Like he quotes the other Rashi. Salik lefanai veyetamim. Avram could go in front of Hashem. Noach required help from Hashem. Why? What is it? Says the Zohar, he quotes, and this is the key to it all. Noach ra'a ma'ase b'nei adam shemekukalim heim v'hayim eschai b'meihem. You know what Noach did? He saw what was going on and he hid. He did not want to be influenced by his surroundings and he therefore hermetically sealed himself and he did not, he was not misarig with his generation. He kept the chitzoni, the externals away from him. So he wasn't caught in their, in their trap. What did the Avos do? They did more than that. They not only stayed away from danger, but they then worked on themselves to be Mishana, their own nature, to get better. And to be strong, even if they would be in a difficult situation. 
They weren't just Sur Meira, they were also Asay Tov. Noach didn't take that next step. Noach ran away from it, but inherently he didn't change himself, he didn't work on himself, says the Otsur Satora. Ela Noach Ayam Machbiatsmo Mipnebene Adam, Kideshalo Yilman Mimaseyam, Ulamis Tivo Loshino Latovo, Vayakoho Ra. And that's why he needed help from Akarish Baruch. He needed that Siata Deshmaya. We not only, we have to act like the Avos. The Avos, they, they ran like horses. What do I mean like? They ran like horses in the Bitzemayim, Lassus Rasob Konam. Whatever Hashem needed, they changed their nature to follow the Ratzon Hashem. That's what they mean. They went full steam ahead. They didn't just stay away from their door, they went against their door. Avram Avinu didn't just say, okay, I'm not going to be an Ovid of Zara. He went and broke the, all the idols in his father's store. That's not just Sur Meira. That's going out and fighting and changing. And that is why when Noah got off the Teva, there was no, there was no more evil people. But he wasn't a changed person himself. So he was an Ish Adama. Compared to everybody else, Noah Sadiq Bedarotaf. Unlike Avram Avinu, unlike Moshe Rabbeinu, who worked on himself his whole life, and though he grew up in the palace of a Russia Mushchas of Paro, he was able to reach the levels of an Ishelokim. And that's our job. Our job is to A, be Roas Anolad, and not to be involved in surroundings that are dangerous to our Neshama, but then to take the next step and to work on ourselves and make sure that we are following and channeling and making our halachic personalities into something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be proud of. Okay. Two more thoughts for the evening. Let's go to a Rashi, which doesn't seem so exciting, but we'll try to make it a little bit exciting. Towards the end of the Parsha, we have a list of a lot of names. The first names we have in the nations. We have all the nations of the world listed. Seventy nations. We know we bring Karbanas for them. We have Nimrod and Kush. And others, what does it say in Pasik Yud? Fatihi Rashis Yud Yud. Fatih Rashis Mamlachto Bavel Ve'erach Vachar Bakalni Ve'erachinar. Minaaratahi Yatsa Ashur. From that land came out Ashur. Vayiven es Ninveh, Ves Rechobos Ir, Ves Kalach. And they built the cities of Ninveh, Rechobos Ir, and Kalach. Says Rashi, Minaarats, from this land. Kivan Shera Ashuras Banov Shomin Linimrod. Once Ashur saw his descendants, his children listening to Nimrod, who was going up against God, Umardin Bamakum Libros and Migdal, Yatsamitocham. Ashur, what does the Pasik say? Minartahi Yata Ashur Ashur left. Ashur did not want to be part of what was going on with Migdal Bavel. Ashur left. That's all Rashi says. That's all. If you look in the Yam Simcha, amazing Ha'ara. Isn't it interesting that out of Ashur came Ninveh? Says the Yam Simcha, Rabbi Freed, V'ulai mishum hachi zacha Ninveh ha'ir ha'gdol alasos tshuva shlema. Maybe it was because of Ashur that put into their DNA the ability for a tremendous metropolis later on in history 
to have the ability to turn it all around and do tshuva in the times of Yona. Mishum shaha miyasit shel ha'ir mo'as bira asher kineged Hashem v'hunata betoch ha'ir yira me'ashem yisbarach v'tir aviro. Because centuries earlier, it was already imbued in this city, Yerushalayim, and not rebelling against Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's all about the Yisodos. It's all about the foundations. We find many times, quotes the Yam Simcha, the foundations determine everything that happens afterwards. If you look in the second column, they quote from the Gra. The Gra says that if when a shul is built, everything is done with such kavana shlema, perfect kavana, no one would ever be able to daven in that shul and not have kavana. If there's ever a time that we don't have kavana in a shul, it's because the shul wasn't built with perfect, super-duper kavana. Because if the foundations are perfect, so then everything that happens during the existence is perfect. They say when the Velazhani Yeshiva was built, he cried when they were putting down the, the, the foundation stone because he wanted there to be such, such, such purity in the existence of the Yeshiva. says the Not one little Kavanazara. Nobody would be able to dive in there without, uh, without proper Kavanah. And he quotes this also from Chaimi Velazhin on line 14. If we, when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we think about is, I want to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the best of my abilities today. That's our kavana by Moda'ani. He said that if you have perfect kavana, it's going to work. You're going to have special siyata d'shmaya the whole day because it's the beginnings. The beginnings are what determines everything, everything afterwards. It's the beginnings. He quotes this also. Earlier, he quotes the Gemara in the, in the, the middle column. He quotes the Gemara in Bamitzia Dafehei. I gave you the Gemara. It's a known Gemara. Some of you might be familiar with it. The Gemara in Bamitzia, source number eleven. Rabbi Chanin and Rabbi Chia were having an argument, and Rabbi Chanin says to Rabbi Chia, "Bahadi didi kamitzis, you're fighting with me." Imishtacha Torah be Yisrael mahadzrana la mipilpule. If Torah would ever be forgotten in Israel. I would bring it back with my sharpness of mind. Okay, we're not getting into the, the um, doesn't it sound somewhat haughty? Okay, we're not going to focus on that question now. These were G'dole Amorayim, which we can't even fathom. Jeremy Chanina says, we, one could say that what's behind the sheet is that, don't worry, we pilpul. As long as we have a sharp brain, it's okay. Look what Rabbi Chia says. I make sure that Torah is never forgotten. What do I do? What, is, what did Rabbi Chia do? Maya Vidna, line four, Azlina Veshadina Kitna, I plant flax. The Gadilna Nishvi, and I, I grow the flax and I make traps out of the flax. Vitsaidana Tavi, and I trap deer. Umachilna Bisraeli Asmi, and I give the meat of the deer to the Yasomim. I take the cloth and I split it into eleven. Eleven klafim. Five, I write Chamishi Chum Torah. Six, I write Shisha Sidre Mishnah. I give it to eleven children. Each one of them is in charge of one, and they make sure to teach it to one another, and that'll make sure that Torah is never forgotten. Ask the Velt, ask the Bali Musar, why couldn't he just take nets and catch the deer in the first place? Why couldn't he just take klafim and just write, write the, the Torah on it? Because it's all about the purity of the Kavana from step one. 
It goes with making nets so Torah is not forgotten. It goes with building a yeshiva. It goes with, with being mechanic, our children. It goes with everything. And it goes with Ashur. Ashur set the stage for the descendants, Ninveh, to have the wherewithal and the power to be able to do tshuva. That's the Otsur Satoru. That's the Amsev. Our beginnings are important. One final point. We'll end with the Rabbi Yerucham. Das Torah. Rabbi Yerucham just says, I'm just going to quote a Svarno and just emphasize and embellish the Svarno. If you look by Migdal Bavel, Torah tells us in Perek Yud Aleph, they built the tower, Vayered Hashem, Hashem went down. As if Hashem's up in heavens and he comes down. Whenever you have anthropomorphism like this, Onkelis always changes. Onkelis cannot even fathom that the Torah is talking. Onkelis can't even accept that in the word. So that's why Onkelis always changes it. What does Onkelis say here? Hashem appeared. He didn't go down. Hashem doesn't go down. Hashem doesn't have a body. But it says Hashem went down. The Svarno has a different shot. What does it always mean that Hashem goes down? Hinei, source 12. Lashon Yurida Lir'os, Ye Amar Al Hakel Yisparach. Whenever that's said about God, what does it mean? Kishain Ha'inyan Oz Onesh. It's when Hashem is about to act, but on the surface, it doesn't look like that, like what's going to happen is the action is deserving of the of the of the punishment that's about to happen. That's what appears on the surface. Hashem goes down. You know what that means? Hashem is able to see beyond. Hashem goes down and sees behind and beyond action A, which will cause has have ramifications and repercussions. Hashem sees all the ramifications. That's what it means. Hashem goes down. Hashem goes down in he, his maskana is so beyond us. He saw what Migdal Bavel is leading to, and that's why he did what he did. Like like Ben Amru. What is the Torah's lashon there? Your Torah The same lashon. The Torah goes down. The same lashon is used. in stone. What happened by stone? What does Hashem say? Er era. I will go down. Because after all, what a city! Are they deserving to be wiped out like they were? Says the Svarno. Ki anam lo risham az yoser They were achzari. They were brazen. But Hashem realizes if we have a whole city where the law is not to do chesed. Says then that's that that's untenable. That will have effects to the entire world. The lashon by Yer Hashem Leros. Hashem doesn't only look at the action. Hashem looks at all of the results and ripple effects of the action. Says Rav Yeruchim, this is a very scary svarna because you know what this means that whenever we act, we can't just think about what we're doing now. We have to think about, because Hashem is looking at 
everything that comes out of our actions. Latov or Lara. Lomdim anu mizeh chidish v'yasod. Says Rabbi Yerucham, ki kol ma'isa hinei kol tots osav, enam dvarm tzadiyim. A ramification of what I do is not a secondary side point to my act. If what I do affects somebody else, I did that. I didn't cause that. I did it. And if what I do affects my grandchildren in a certain way, I did it. That's how Hashem judges us. That's Vayeret Hashem Leros. Hashem judges that by all of us. Where do you see this? You see this so many times. What does Hashem say to Kayin? Last week's parasha. Kol demei achicha. What does Rashi say on demei? Your children's blood are screaming at me. He didn't have any kids. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, but I see this act caused him not to have children. It's as if you murdered his children. Because that's the effect of your actions. Or by Moshe. What does Moshe say? All these famous Rashis. He puts it in a context. Vayar ish. Moshe looks around. Vayar ish. What does he do? And he kills the Mitzri. He saw that there's nobody that's going to come out of this Mitzri that's going to convert. Again. Because if there would be, it would be considered as if he's killing. Sholamelech. Is Nanash. Because he killed the Givonim. He didn't kill the Givonim. Right? They gave food to the Givonim. We find this over and over again. Says Rabbi Yeruchim, we, throughout our lives, cannot just be focused on what's in front of our eyes. We have to think again and again and again before we act, what is the, what's going to happen after this? What is going to be caused by this? And he says, it even helps explain the Chazal and Yuma Davtes. Mikdash Rishon was destroyed, big three Averis. Mikdash Shani, Sinaschina. So why is that worse? Why are we still in Gaulas after thousands of years? Because in a sense, says Rav Yeruchim, okay, murder is, everybody realizes that murder is terrible. And, and, and Gili Arayas, Sinas Chinam, such rampant Sinas Chinam, you know what effects it has on all of society? The ramifications. Says that, that's, that's unbelievable. We can't even fathom. It's like the marshal of the, of the, of the Chavetz Chaim. Somebody said, I want to do tshuva for the Lashon Hara that I said. He says, bring me a pillow. He brings a pillow, he rips it open, all the feathers go flying. He says, get me the feathers back. He says, I it's impossible. He says, that's Lashon Hara. As an outgrowth of Sinas Chinam. Says Rabbi Yerucham, this is, this is what, it, this is what, uh, what, the, med- what the Chazal is teaching us. And he just says at the end, he says, and we as Jews focus on everything that comes out of our actions. Avi Melech made a treaty, li ulinini ulinechdi. Avram Avinu is worried about even after the grandchildren. He's worried about all future generations. Everything we do has effects to others, to our family, to everyone around us, and we have to make sure that we take into account every every nuance, every side effect, every Kiddush Hashem possibility that could come out of our actions to be able to fulfill that Hashem could be Vayer Hashem Laros Latov. And to see the amazing goodness that could come out of every one of our actions. Okay, we'll stop here. We'll continue next week, um, Wednesday night, with Parshas Lech Lecha.